I want to welcome those who are watching online. Thank you for joining us at Tulia Christian Fellowship Church online. I'm so grateful that you're here. Those of you that are watching online, please get on the comments below and let us know that you're watching. We love to hear your comments. We love to hear you think about uh, what we're talking about and what we're doing. Uh, listen, God is doing an amazing thing. The week that we had the bad weather, we couldn't have church on Sunday. We had to cancel. And uh, we had recorded, I believe, that Thursday night. And we had over six hundred views online that week. Now, uh, that's bigger than any Easter service we've ever had. It's bigger than any Christmas service we ever had. Uh, if you can remember maybe a couple of times, uh, we had our Easter services, or no, it was our Christmas services over at the high school auditorium. And uh, our goal, we were believing God to have over 500, and we got pretty close, but I don't think we broke it. Well, we had over 600 online views. Now, the thing I want you to understand, and we've been talking about it, and I know you understand, online church is church, okay? When people watch church online, they're a part of Tulia Christian Fellowship. We have people who are watching online. We have people who are giving online, people who are helping uh, everything that we're doing. And so God is expanding that and growing it. Listen, I know churches that are having over 100,000 views online, all right, Vicki follows a lady online, and she has, and she's not a church, she just speaks and teaches, and she has 85,000 people a week watch what she's doing. I think it's amazing what God's doing with the internet. I think it's amazing that God's using it, and that people are being reached for Christ, people are being reached for the gospel, amen? Amen, praise God. We've been talking about relationships, and I'm going to finish that series uh, this evening. The very first week, Kurt talked about friendships. It was so good. I know many of you were ministered to by it. The next week, I talked about a relationship with God and how important it is to have a relationship with God. Last week, we talked about marriage, and I gave you some resources that you could use that would improve your marriage. Tonight, I want to do two things. I want to talk to you about children. And I want to talk to two groups of people, those of you that are online and those of you that are listening right here in this room. I want to help you with those of you who have kids at home, those of you who are raising kids, or maybe you're raising grandkids, or maybe you're in a blended family. I want to talk to you. But then with a little time that I have left at the end, I want to talk to those of you who have adult children. Okay, I have adult children, and I want to talk to you about adult children. Uh, Miss Vicki and I were talking about it. I honestly cannot think of a time that I've ever heard a message preached about adult children. Most of the messages that I've heard about children always had to do with parenting and training, and those are amazingly good things, but I'm excited tonight because I want to show you some things about adult children. So let's jump in. I've got a verse I want to read you in Philippians 4, 6. Here's the first thing I want you to know about those of you that have kids at home. Okay, number one, pray for your children. Pray for your children. I believe you ought to pray for them every day. Whatever that looks like for you, however you do it, you pray for your children. Listen to this, Philippians 4, 6. This is the New Living Translation. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. And would you not agree with me that if you have kids, it's easy to worry about them? Isn't it? It's easy to worry about kids. When they're out or they're at school or they're doing something else, it can be easy to worry. What does the Word of God say? Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. 
The very first thing I'd like to encourage you with this evening is please pray for your children. Listen to this quote. If every mother prayed for her children, we would live in a different world. Amen, isn't that true? If, if every mother prayed for her children, we live in a different world. Listen, your children need prayer. Dads, you need to be praying for your children. Mothers, you need to be praying for your children. Listen, thank God for mothers who pray. Thank God for dads who pray. Listen, I, I am who I am today to a big degree because my dad's mother, my grandmother prayed for me and she prayed for me regularly. And I know that those prayers impacted my life. So number one, pray for your children. Here's the second one. Give your kids to Jesus. What, what, what do you mean, Pastor? Okay, Lord, I give you my kids. Lord, I give you my children. Lord, I give you my job. Lord, I give you my future. I give you my finances. Give your children to God. Listen, God is big enough to move in your children's lives, whether they're at home with you or whether they're adults. God is big enough. Listen, God was drawing me and moving in my life in my young 20s, and my grandmother was praying for me, and I wasn't interested in God. I didn't want God. I didn't want to know God, but God was drawing me and wooing me, and one of the reasons is because I was being prayed over, and they were giving me to Jesus. Give your kids to Jesus. Let me read to you out of 1 Peter 5, 7. Cast all your care upon him. Him is God, for he cares for you. Cast all your care upon him. Again, worry or care. Hey, I'm oh man, I'm just worried about the kids or I'm just worried about my daughter or man, I'm just worried about where they're going to go to college or, or how they're going to do this year. All those things we worry about. Listen, pray for your kids and number two, give them to God. Give them to God. Now let's get practical. Here's number three. Spend time with your children. Spend time with your children. Now let me tell you something. <clears throat> Do y'all know what kryptonite is? Kryptonite is what Lex Luthor used to steal Superman's power. Isn't that true? Yeah, and he used a kryptonite. And when he would get it close to him, he couldn't fly and he couldn't fight and he didn't have any super strength. Listen to me. If you're a parent, every single one of you have parent superpowers. You have it. I know you do. I've seen it. You have parent superpowers. You mothers that have babies, you know you have it or you'd be dead. Amen? You have parent superpowers. Okay, what is parenting kryptonite? It's guilt. Can I encourage you in something? Would you do me a favor? Would you make peace with your past so you can move forward in your future? Hey, I didn't do it right when they were five, or hey, maybe I messed up when they were 10, or hey, maybe my kids are grown now and it's too late. Listen, make peace with your past. When you can, spend time with your children. Listen, your children don't care where you work, they don't care how big your house is. They don't care what kind of car you drive. Do you know what they want? They want you. They want your time and your attention. I was pulling up to the daycare to pick up Sabri just the other day. They were outside playing. When I pulled up in the pickup, she saw my truck, and they were outside, and she made a beeline running to the door. And as she was running to the door, every other little boy and little girl were running to the fence toward me, and they wanted me to reach down over the fence and pick them up. Years ago, I taught parenting classes in a daycare center in Plainview, Texas, and we would do it in the evening after they were closed and they didn't have children anymore. 
but occasionally I would go by that daycare because I had business and I had things I had to do to be able to teach my class. And when I would, now this was a large daycare. When I would step into the daycare, the children there did one of two things. They either ran away from me or they ran toward me. Those are the two things they did. They ran away or they ran toward me. Listen, your children want and need your time. Can I encourage you to spend time with your children? Hey, it doesn't mean you're with them all day, every day. I'm not saying that. And it doesn't mean there aren't times that you can't be with them. But you put it in your schedule. You put it in your life. You do whatever you have to do to spend some time with your kids. Now, the next one's big. It's big. Let me talk to you about your values. Let me ask you a question. Do you have any? Do you know what they are? Values. What values are you teaching your children? What matters to you, right? What is it in your life that your kids know, man, if I do that, mama will lose her mind. You know, your kids are with their friends at the store and they're like, man, let's shoplift. And they say, if I do that, mom will lose her mind and she will kill me. That's what I'm talking about. Is there anything in your life that your kids know? I'm not doing that. Man, mama does not want me to do that. Dad does not want me to do that. Do you have any values? Now, listen, I'm not asking you to have my values. I am asking you to have biblical values. What does God's word say? You know, do you live your life according to biblical values? But what are you teaching your kids? Listen, what are you telling them? When your child is 17, 18, and they graduate, and they walk across the stage over here at the high school, and they either go get a job or get an apartment or go to college, and they're gone, have have you going to have taught them what mattered to you? Do you have values, and have you let them know, hey, man, this is important to me. Man, we don't lie. You know, and I'm just giving you some examples. We don't steal. Man, I won't tolerate that. Hey, this is what matters to us. This is what we believe in. Are you passing your values onto your children? Now, this next one's big. It's real big. Don't be a hypocrite. Now, let me explain to you what I mean. For years at Tulia Christian Fellowship, I have said, that there are no hypocrites here in this service. There's no hypocrites in this church. What do you mean, Pastor? Well, listen, uh, every one of us make mistakes. Every one of us are broken, but I believe we're all on a journey trying to do our best. You know why I'm here tonight? Because I wanna be with my brothers and sisters in Christ. I wanna grow in the things of God. I wanna learn the word of God. And I I know you think, well, you're here because you're the preacher and there's truth in that. But if I wasn't the preacher, I would be in church because I want to grow in the things of God. So I'm not labeling you a hypocrite. Let me explain to you what I mean. There's nothing harder on kids than when you say something and you don't do it. When you say you believe something or you say you have a value, but then there's no fruit of it in your life. Okay, that's what I would like to label a hypocrite. The original word, you know, comes from uh, drama and for people who did plays and they would wear masks. That's what it originally comes from. I'm in a play and I wear a mask to cover my face to play a character. That's what a hypocrite is. Hey, I really believe in this and this is really important to me, but then there's no fruit of it in my life. 
I'm one way on Sunday or I'm one way on Thursday, but then I'm a different person the rest of the week. Now, listen to me. I've been doing this a long time. And I want to tell you from personal experience, I believe there's nothing harder on your kids, nothing harder on your kids than when you say something, but then you do something completely different. Now, it's confusing to young children, but as they get older and become preteens and teenagers, they'll reject your values, they'll reject your God because they don't want anything to do with it because you say one thing and you do something else. Now, listen, I'm not talking about being perfect. I'm not talking about making mistakes. We all make mistakes. I've made plenty of them. But I'm talking about you make a concerted effort that what you say is who you are and you do your best to live that. Then your kids don't have any reason to look at your life and say, well, dad doesn't believe that or mom doesn't believe that. Don't be a hypocrite. Here's the last one. Last month, I have an aunt who lived in Dallas, Texas. She was my mother's sister and she passed away and she was 92 years old. And I spent time with her when I was young, and, and uh, they lived in Amarillo when I did when I was a child, and, and I, I was a part of her life. Uh, as I got older, I wasn't with her all the time, but, but I had a relationship with her. She passed away at 92. Years ago, she told me this. She said, Rusty, don't depend on the school or the church to teach your kids. You make sure you do it. Don't depend on the church. Don't depend on the school. You make sure that what it is that's important to you, what your values are, that you teach them to your kids and that when they leave your house, you know that you passed it on to them. So I just want to encourage you in the same thing. Now, let me jump to the next thing. Bring your family to church. Bring your family to church. Don't send your kids to church. You bring them to church. Come to church as a family. I'm a big believer in that. Make sure that you're in church together as a family. Let me read to you out of Deuteronomy 6. This is the New Living Translation. Listen to this. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. And you must commit yourself whole heartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Now, would you mind if I read that to you one more time? Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home, when you're on the road, when you're going to bed, and when you're getting up. Now, let me talk to you about something that's really simple and powerful. I believe one of the most powerful things in your family are your stories. Listen, the Bible says to talk about the goodness of God. Do it on the way to Walmart. Do it when you're having breakfast. Do it when you're together as a family. Talk about the goodness of God and tell the stories in your family where God came through for you. Now, listen, don't miss this. This is so good. I have dozens and dozens of stories in my heart that were passed on to me from my parents, my grandparents, and I could tell you those stories for the rest of the evening. See, a lot of times we want to teach kids about doctrine, and there's not anything wrong with that. I believe in doctrine. I have doctrine. But listen, doctrine can be easily forgotten, but stories are never forgotten. 
My same aunt, who's 92 years old, who passed away this month, one of the stories in my family was when she was a baby. She was born in the 20s, the 1920s. She developed diarrhea. Well, back in those days, they didn't have medicine like they do today, and babies died from diarrhea. They couldn't stop them from going to the bathroom, and they would dehydrate, and they would die. And the story in my family is somebody within my family knew somebody and they came and they prayed for her as a baby and her diarrhea supernaturally stopped and she didn't die till she was 92. I've never forgotten that story. And you know what that story tells me? God answers prayer and it encourages me. Listen, your family stories will encourage you and your kids, and they'll never forget them. Talk about when you prayed for a job. Talk about when you needed help financially. Talk about the miracle working power of God. Talk about the goodness of God. Now, let's take the next step. This point was about going to church. Listen to me. I want to talk to you for just a minute about ground zero and about power kids. And I want to encourage you, if you have children that are the right age to go to Power Kids or the right age to go to Ground Zero, that it's worth them being there. Let me explain to you why. Every Wednesday morning, our church staff meets for prayer. And we have prayer every Wednesday morning. And we pray about a lot of things. We pray for our city council by name, our county commissioners by name, our school board by name. We pray for our teachers and our coaches. We pray for our business community. We have a whole list of things we pray over. But there's two things we pray for every Wednesday. And we pray for Ground Zero and for Power Kids. And that God's hand, God's grace, God's anointing, and God's mercy are on those ministries and that kids are reached for Christ. Now, we have a couple in this church named Carol and Denise Gerber, and they're elders here, and they've been elders here for many years. And they come on Wednesday night, and they get together in a room, and they pray over Ground Zero and over Power Kids while we're having those services. Okay, we spend all week preparing for Ground Zero. We spend all week preparing for Power Kids. We put prayer, we put time, we put preparation. We cry out to God that your children will be touched by the gospel of Jesus Christ, whether they're a first grader or they're a 12th grader. So I just want to encourage you. We have an amazing youth ministry in this church, an amazing children's ministry in this church, and you want your kids there. You want your kids in church. You want your kids in those ministries because I want to guarantee you they'll be ministered to. Amen? Now, with the time that I have left, I want to switch gears and I want to talk to those of you that have adult children. I have adult children. Both my children are in their 30s. I don't know where their 20s went. Poof, they went by like that. I don't even know what happened to them. I asked Vicky the other day, where'd our 50s go? I don't know. I I got up one morning and went to the restroom, and when I got back in bed, I'd gained 10 years. I don't know what happened. (laughs) Right? My kids are in their 30s. Okay, if you have adult children, you're saying, hey, Pastor, man, what a great message. Thank you. It's so good tonight. I'm so glad I had some chicken nuggets and some coffee. Man, it was good to be here, but I've already made all my steaks. I've already done what I could do right, and they're grown, and they're gone, and none of this helps me. Let me give you some things that'll help you with adult children. I want to show you three simple things. Now, I can remember being a young married adult, 
If you have adult children, I believe one of the first and most powerful things they need from you is your approval. Your approval. Now listen, I know adult children don't always agree with you. They don't always like your politics. They don't like what you're doing necessarily. They may not even like where you go to church. They may not even want to talk about God. But if you can find something in your adult children that you can approve of, listen, when Jesus came up out of the water in the Jordan River being baptized by John the Baptist, God spoke from heaven with an audible voice. Then he said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. The disciples thought it thundered. But Jesus heard the voice of his father. Let me say it again. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Jesus hadn't done one thing. He hadn't turned water to wine. He hadn't raised the dead. He hadn't died on the cross. He had done nothing except be a son. Can I encourage you? Listen, please tell your adult children you love them. Tell them you're proud of them. Find something you like about what they're doing, whether it's their job, whether it's their home. I've heard so many stories over the year of parents who are critical, parents who are hateful, parents who disapprove or don't like something. Listen, find something you like and approve of your adult children. The next one is huge, huge. When your child gets old enough to get married and they choose a mate, and they get married, can I encourage you to love and care for their mate? Whoever they love, we love. I have seen so many families over the years where a mother-in-law decides, hey, I don't like my son-in-law or I don't like my daughter-in-law. I've seen fathers do it. Listen to me. If you go to war against your child's mate, you will lose. You'll lose your child. You'll lose your grandchildren. You will lose a lot of things that are irreplaceable. Make a decision. I'm going to love my daughter-in-law. I'm going to love my son-in-law. I'm proud of them. I'm praying for them. I believe God's hand is on them. I this is so big. As a pastor, I've seen countless families destroyed by this simple thing. Wow, you know, my daughter-in-law, you know, Right? Where does that get you? Nowhere. Nowhere. All it does is bring hurt and heartache. I want to encourage you. When your adult child gets married, you love their mate. They picked them. They love them. You love them. And I, I, this is so important to me. And it's so powerful that you understand this. And that if you're struggling in this area, you take it to God. And you pray for them. Pray for your daughter-in-law. Pray for your son-in-law. Whatever that looks like in your family. But you love them and you let them know, hey, we love you and we thank God for you. Amen? Let me show you one more thing. If your children, <clears throat> when they become adults, they marry or maybe they don't marry, but they move away. And I'm not talking about moving to Crest or Plainview or Amarillo. I'm talking about like they might move 300 miles away or 400 miles away or maybe they, maybe they move across the country. This is something that I've seen time and time again with families. Can I just encourage you, if you have adult children that don't live close to you, please take time to go see them. Take time to go see them. I know a family 
who uh, a young daughter got married and her and her husband moved and they moved many miles away. There were many miles. It was far enough away that probably they could drive, but it would be better to fly. I mean, that's how far away they moved. They weren't out of, you know, they weren't off the continent or anything like that, but it was like they, they went pretty far away. This girl's dad came to see her one time in 20 years. One time in 20 years. Now, here's the math. See, I'm always thinking, now, I'm not a math person. I'm not saying I am. But I thought to myself, if he'd only gone once a year, he would have seen her 20 times. He would have been in her home 20 times. If he'd have gone every six months over that 20-year period, he would have been in her home 40 times. Listen to me. Take time to go see your children and then when you get there, approve of them. If they're married, love their mate. Of course, you love and rejoice over your grandchildren. Listen, when you don't have time to go see your kids, you know what it says to them? It doesn't say there's something wrong with you. It says that they think something's wrong with them. Now, I'm talking about adult children. Take time to see your adult children because they want to see you. Just like your small children want to see you, your adult children want to see you. Amen? All right, stand up. Let me pray for you. Praise God. I so appreciate you being here tonight. I have enjoyed this series. I hope you have too. I so enjoyed teaching this and studying it. Next week, we're going to begin a new series. Do you realize I believe we're just six weeks away from Easter Sunday? Easter is going to be the first Sunday in April. And so we want to spend the month of, of March talking about the journey that Jesus went on to get to the cross, to die and to redeem us from our sins and our transgressions. So I'm super excited about moving into that story. So that's what we're going to move into. We're going to talk about Easter, talk about that story and what's involved in it. Then we're going to celebrate Easter the first weekend of April. Let me pray for you. Father God, thank you tonight for your word. Father, I'm so thankful that, you, that I'm a parent. I'm so thankful that I have children and grandchildren. God, I pray for the parents that are here tonight. Those that have children, whatever their ages, those that have grandchildren, God, give us grace to do what we need to do to love our kids. Give us grace, Father, to do the right thing, to, to have wisdom. If they're at home, to train them and teach them our values. If they're adults, to love them and approve of them. Father God, I thank you for your hand on our lives. Father, I pray for those that are online watching that your grace and your hand is on them and on their homes and on their families and that they are covered in prayer. Father God, I love you and I thank you for it in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. I love you. I'm so glad you were here tonight.